to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome back to an adventure in history. This is our last show for the month of August. August, September. We're heading into the brand new school year for those who are in school or have kids in school. Yay! And I, I am two weeks away from being an empty nester. (gasps) Oh my goodness. I know. My, Two my weeks. daughter took a teaching gig up in Washington Oh, and moved out a month ago. Oh, my and, goodness. And uh, my son is going off to OSU. <gasps> Go Beavs. He gets one more year in the Pac-12, <laughs> Pac whatever we are. <laughs> but okay. more importantly, uh, more we, importantly, we have the house to ourselves. <laughs> more, more importantly, do I need to you know, give Renee a bottle of wine or <laughs> some gift cards? <laughs> is she going to be okay? Gift cards. We don't need to go out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We that's true. We don't have to right? Escape the kids. That's true. Okay. So well, it's good. Very exciting. Yeah. Good. But we we have a guest. We do. So we I'm I'm. We have some local roots: Warrenton, Astoria, Clatsop County roots. We are welcoming Kurt Rummel. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me, Elena. And yeah. So, <laughs> so glad you're here. So we're gonna get right to it. Let's so do it. So we can get through. to. But uh, first, we have a forgotten word of the day. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> a lot I almost of segment. Forgot we, it. we need like some music or intro for you. So I'm going to use the word in a sentence oh. instead of just having you guys guess because you're not okay. guessing anywhere correctly, anyways. That's true. We're going to have a casere today. A casere. I'm going to guess. I always guess first because I'm usually further <laughs> off than the guests. So a casere. We're going to have a casere. I believe that is going to be a fine day, Ooh. a fine event, a fine something. That's a good guess. Kurt, any, this is a, a lost word, so his words, uh, historic words that are no longer used. A cause What's <laughs> you're, well, you're never going to get it correct, so just know that off oh, the bat. Oh, okay, so <laughs> I think so. I'm going to follow up with um, Scott. Mac. Mac. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep, okay. So it is. Oh, you're just going to agree with me. Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe we were going to take it like one step bigger. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like it would um, be fitting you know, because there's a, there's a cause. You know, it's usually something you're going to uh, address uh, or yeah. pursue. So then there's a ray, and that means a big. So a big event, I think, is going to have go. be taken on. Like, yeah. we have the. Uh, I think that he said it better than you, Mac. Yeah, he did, much better. <laughs> it is an informal chat. Oh. A friendly, easygoing conversation. And this is now going to be how I ex- describe our interviews to our guests. <laughs> it's to see if this word catches on again. Yes, because <laughs> it's true. A causeray. Yes. That's what we're going to have today. Like we're going to have an informal chat. Adventures in causeray. Friendly, easygoing conversation. Yeah. I love it. That's much better than yeah. what I was thinking. All right, let's keep going. All right. Let's keep this so, cause going. So let's get this cause on the road here. Uh, so these are the history highlights, things that are happening tomorrow. So yes. as always, icebreakers, uh, conversation starters. Uh, August 28th, 1996. Ooh. Charles and Diana divorce. I saw that. Mm-hmm. See, I just, I've never followed the, the royals. I don't really care. I, I, I know would, a lot of people do. I was wondering if you were even going to bring that one up. Because I just feel like it's, is it even just... I don't know. 
<laughs> so it did lead to other monumental events, though, that occurred, right? Like may, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't really follow the royalties, no. so I don't. I don't care. <laughs> uh, 1963. Why did I go backwards? I know on this? you did go backwards. I did go backwards. Um, <laughs> 1963. Maybe I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. 1963. Martin Luther King Jr. delivers his "I Have a Dream" speech yes. at the uh, March on Washington event. I love mm-hmm. it. Huge. And he's so articulate. I, I enjoyed listening. And it's kind of fun if you just like Google and, and listen to some of his speeches. And this is certainly probably his most famous one. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's his best one, though. And that was almost going to be my history highlight of the day. I think I think had the most impact. Well, let me say one thing about that. Sure. Because my daughter, who's now eight, went mm-hmm. to a preschool where they listened to that speech. Mm-hmm. And she was so taken by it. And it was, you know, they, they read some books leading up to it. So she knew who he was. But it w- and they just listened to the the one part that everyone knows, uh, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very it left an impact. I mean, she remembers who it, he is, and and yeah, it just you know they, that vision of of kids, right? Because it is addressing what he wanted his kids to live in, and so she recognized that. Even I mean, that was age three, three and a half, four. Sure. You know, and did the teacher set it up at all? They or did. Like oh, for sure. Who he was and what the context. Yep. Okay. They did, and all and right. they had been reading books for several okay. weeks leading up to it. Yeah. All right. Neat. Um, so one would think that would be the history highlight yes. of the day. But the thing I think had even more impact, though, and it's not a good one. We always, yeah. you know, sometimes the the thing that had the most impact is not a good thing. 1955, and this has been in the news in the last uh, month or so. Emmett Till is murdered on uh, August 20. 20- 8th, 1955, while visiting family in Money, Mississippi, 14-year-old Emmett Till, an African-American from Chicago, is brutally murdered for allegedly flirting with a white woman four days earlier. His assailants, the white woman's husband and his brother, made Emmett carry a 75-pound cotton gin fan to the bank of the Tallahatchie River and ordered him to take off his clothes. The two men then beat him nearly to death, gouged out his eyes, shot him in the head, Mm. and then threw his body tied to the cotton gin fan with barbed wire into the river. And, of course, the history highlight here is that the uh, the body was recovered. The yeah. two gentlemen were uh, found innocent by a jury. <laughs> Not less, guilty. In less yes. than, I believe, it was less than an hour. Yep. And the rationale was, well, we couldn't identify the body. It was so badly mutilated. So we don't know that it's really Emmett Till, <laughs> which is just utterly ridiculous. But the mother back in Chicago uh, decided to have an open casket so the whole world could see what the hideousness that had happened to her son was. It's amazing. And that causes a lot of the yeah. civil rights stuff to really start. So to me, it had more impact. I, I Honestly, mm-hmm. like as a mom, I cannot even imagine making that decision. Yeah. Yet she did. Yeah. I yes. mean, she, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, awful. And there's a uh, brand new national monument now. And where's the monument? It is the church is where the ceremony happened, oh, okay. the home, I believe, and or the location of the murder, and I think the store. I can't remember. It's okay. like three different, four different locations. And it's named for uh, Emmett Till and his mom. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, hideousness that people can do to each other. Yeah. And that's a terrible intro. I know. <laughs> like, we got to think of something better. Let's, I feel sad. But it, let's but go it, back into it gave our... hope. It gave hope. It did. It did. <laughs> and it uh, brought change, right? I mean, that was the, the mother's ultimate appeal. Yeah. Um, and family was important. Ooh. That's a better transi- transition because one of the reasons we have Kurt here is to talk about growing up here on the North Oregon coast. And let's just start. Were you born here? And, and tell us about the family that you were born into. Because um, you were one of, of just a few. <laughs> just a few, just yes. A few. Um, there are 
Don and Marie are my father and mother, and uh, I'm from a family of 16. We're, Holy uh, moly. Yeah. Raised in a Just Catholic a family. Uh, eight and eight. So you can imagine, if you watched any Eight is Enough, if you watched the Waltons, they had 12. Uh, and we got them beat still. But so, eight girls and eight boys. Yeah. That's impressive. Okay. Yes. Um, my uh, uh, mother and my, uh, my grandmother, uh, little ladies, but very, very strong and very, very uh, devout Catholics. And uh, with that, we... Uh, a mom, my dad, uh, them being strong in their faith, and with the, moving into a small town and marrying here locally, uh, my mom and dad uh, both embraced the community as well, them embracing our family, and uh, it's been like just an ever-growing you know, family throughout our years growing up. Uh, our family went to uh, St. Mary's Catholic school, and uh, there we were uh, altar boys also for the St. Mary's uh, Star of the Sea. Uh, so we uh, uh, were involved with, you know, Christmas um, plays at church. We all be it was Monday through Friday and Sunday, you're going to be at church. Um, and then you're at school learning more about um the, you know every, our history our faith and so forth and uh, but anyway uh with that we've learned a lot about um, each other and uh our friends in the community and uh, uh the, the fishing industry the um mill and the hardships that people face growing up especially with you know the determination to keep this um town pretty much what it was you know fishing and logging even though it was a dying industry in both mm -hmm. in both views. Tell me a little so, bit about your house, because we were talking about that earlier, and just what you looked out on when you when you walked out of your house. Well, um, our house was built in 1890. Um, it's uh, one of the first houses to be built in Scal Bay, actually in Scal Bay. It had no uh, basement bottom floor. It had a stairway. It was like a fishing house, so it had like stairways going up to the second floor, and then um, they had to go through, you know, like a porch. So anyway, um, my dad, through the years, as they got more and more, uh, I guess, the town grew with more stronger engineering approaches, they uh, were able to dry up the, you know, problems with the, that Scal Bay or the Columbia River was bringing back. Hmm. So everything's hydraulic, pumped, and it still is. Um, it's not really fixed. It, it's just a continual work, work in progress. Um, so anyway, with that being said, we, uh, my dad um, built the house up. We had the, the Columbia River. I mean, we had the Gyro McAllister Field right next door. and Right we, next door. Right I mean, adjacent to uh, yeah. the house. Is that a great location? <laughs> Heck yeah, free games. We slept out in the carport where a covered um, car driver and uh, so looked under the stars. What's the age difference from child one to child 16, and where are you in that? Well, well you? I'm 13. You're number 13. Number okay. 13, yeah. <laughs> My mo mother did have um, 
some miscarriages throughout, um, be, you know, in her early uh, years. So uh, there was four uh, that are still, you know, that were resting at the um, ocean yeah. view. But we're our guardian angels. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, my uh, sister Donna, we're, I just spoke to her yesterday, <laughs> and uh, gosh, very. Yeah, I was gonna say she no, might she not want you to, yeah. to tell. Uh, she's um, in her um, well when you were young seventies. Pre- there we go. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I was just trying to figure out. Like, okay, if you're number thirteen, your oldest siblings are they ten years older than you, or are they fifteen years older than you? You know, are they twenty? Were they, they playmates because they're almost the same age? Um, a lot of my um, older siblings had moved out of the house pretty okay. much. You know. Yeah. Because you're saying empty nesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, my parents had more to yeah. empty. But so, yeah, uh, the ones that were um, more closer to me were more my playmates. And then as we allowed more people to join our family and all that stuff <laughs> and get close, then we did so. And a lot of uh, the uh, neighbors, older siblings, as well as the young we were just a family, and everyone took care of everyone. It was uh, pretty amazing and pretty tough in that respect. Yeah. So um, you were saying you went to Star of the Sea, mm-hmm. and then after Star of the Sea, tell me what, where'd you go to school next? I went to Warrington High School. Um, I, my, we had to move out to uh, Warrington next to Ocean View Cemetery. My dad had you know, been the caretaker there for over 38 years, retiring. Long time. Yeah, so growing up, uh, we learned from age 12, I learned how to dig graves by hand. We didn't have backhoes back then, um, and also lining and everything. Uh, my dad uh, went to Warrington High School. We, uh, the, the beach was in our backyard. We, yeah. uh, our playground just, just expanded, really, mm-hmm. and we got to know a lot more uh, families and friends as well throughout the years so that was a pro in growing up as well instead of just being here in Astoria and what did you think about Warrington High School I mean how many it's small it's I mean it was even smaller back then I say but how many kids were in your class was it like 20 or fewer than that um I want to say there was at the most probably around up to 40 okay Um, it's a little bigger so I'm okay yeah, there was. Um, it was, um, in that respect, really cool because, you know, again, close-knit, you know. Yes. Everyone knew each other. Mm-hmm. And, again, we are just playmates. We beat each other during, you know, football, wrestling. Otherwise, we had a good time just, you know, enjoying life together. Mm-hmm. What was your were, were what? there any favorite teachers? Because yeah. I always ask that you of a story, yeah. yeah, but I, yeah. I've never, I've never had any Warrington discussions. So, any favorite teachers that you remember, and why? Gus Fennerty, I think him, him he was the aquaculture instructor oh. there at Warrington and Astoria as well. Uh, we learned there about you know harvesting the fish, about you know, the whole process. We had uh, two raceways uh, in Warrington. Uh, we uh, as we grew into our studies and became more familiar and we helped do the you know actual concrete work uh, around the pump house uh, we took care of the the bucks the hens we um, 
you know, had trays for all the eggs and all that. So we, you know, got them all fertilized. And after that point, we had, you know, tanks and we fed the fish. So after that point, it was our duty to just make sure at night, you know, if I was assigned to go check on the pump house, I had to go down there and sign my name, look at everything, make sure the, you know, eggs were picked if I saw any dead yeah. eggs, et cetera. It was really an an open, uh, you know, eye experience of why, you know, we're here still today. Yeah. Nice. And so what, what did you do after high school then? High school, um, right after that, um, I worked in the cannery. Um, I worked at uh, 39th Street Cannery. Nice. My wife and I both have our names on the wall. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I worked uh, on the slime line, and that's oh. it's, it's exactly what it is. You're uh, taking a spoon and... Oh. And that's under ice cold water, and you're just pulling, you're pushing the bloodlines out of the belly of the salmon. Um, that's a skip right to the point. Otherwise, you're IQFing, and that's working in 40 below blast freezers. And uh, so I, I learned about the elements really wickedly fast <laughs> and uh, how to dress, you know, appropriately for the job. So, was that know. where Cindy and you met? Um, I Cindy's his wife, by the way. I knew Cindy as my neighbor since she was five years old. Oh, I oh love gosh. this story. Yeah, I got to throw squash bombs at her. Uh-oh. If anyone knows what those are, uh, they're anyway. Yeah, we, you know, and throughout high school, we just touched base and we were just friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked with her occasionally down to the home bakery. And, um, but, you know, there was a. Uh, those attachments there and uh you know uh, as far as i've then worked at ocean foods and uh yeah. again um you're working everything you're sorting crab you're butchering crab you're working on blast freezers you're running product from a to b you're unloading shrimp boats from 5 a.m to 5 and 5 p.m and running down to the kfc which is you now papa murphy's mm-hmm. and uh scarfing down a family bucket of chicken yeah. afterwards because <laughs> you're so famished and uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really hard work. And uh, after that point, I just got onto a, a dragger boat and I worked on, did some fishing for a bit and uh, got to see the coastline a little more. And uh, this is where, this is what, um, again, just honed why, you know, why we're here. And uh, this is our playground. Cindy and I, we just enjoy every, but every aspect of the coast, any place is just as equal, beautifully as the other. But we do have our certain points that we really like to go to, um, you know, on a special occasions. And otherwise, uh, the column, you know, is a perfect example of one of the beautiful places to go to, and uh, where Cindy had put one of our pavers down mm-hmm. uh, on the right below the column next sure. to. Her snowing yeah um, i mean yours is yeah. like right there just yeah i can see it you, when you're walking up you there's a name is good really spot, easy to spot. Of like off to the side yeah so i've got two questions uh, about what you just said so first i always ask anybody that is has been in the fish industry at all what is your favorite fish and why to eat um well it's green cod yellow cod oh it's a nice firm and sweet it's not um available in almost any fish store unless you get to a real special fish store there's so few of them that they don't really um seek those so that's why you have true cod you have 
the regular lean cod, mm -hmm. which is really a, a prized fish as well. Um, and also, I think that's just right there. It's just a beautiful fish. Otherwise, um, any, I'm pretty li much like it about any fish. My mom <laughs> taught me how to eat um, food and get to get over um, the ugly appearances and, sure. and culinary as well. And you got so over I sliming it. So if I you could do that, that, I mean. That, that, we've never had that answer. That might be the best yeah. answer ever. So what was your second? So, so my second question is, yeah. so you worked there for a while. And I've always heard that it paid for so many college educations. And I've never actually asked, was the pay good? Or did you just work so many hours? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, doing um, as far as the canneries? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you were working at Pier 39. Oh, okay. Uh, the pay there was just under $5 an hour. You worked um, 12 to 16 hours a day. Oh. Mm -hmm. So you got overtime. And uh, back oh. then, though, you know, money went a little further. And uh, yeah. um, a lot of families were in the same situation. So, uh, you know, I um, was learning goodbye. And I think a lot of it was, you know, not just being able to grow a garden, to be able to enjoy food, you know, and... Uh, not just assume that okay i ate that eggplant i'm not going to eat it again i've tried it in so many different ways i i, I love it you know now yeah so yeah, i always so. my favorite question why do you stay here why do i stay here because of a, a family uh that we have come to know throughout the, our history uh what our forefathers have done um i mean again my dad being there with the Megler opening up. Uh, my tell, his tell your story about the Megler, the day they opened. It was just about 1966, and uh, uh, they were anticipating, my dad says, about 500 people. So what they had done is him and a friend from Knights of Columbus had set up like three days prior, roasting beef, all kinds of stuff. And uh, they had it already. They slapped on the barbecue just for appearances reasons really towards the end but um anyway that being said they then had a drove of a couple thousand come in uh so they uh had tongue point which is a navy base at that point um a lot of knights of columbus uh community people um just joined and banned and we made sure everyone was fed you know and seaside and so forth all around the junctions all the points so um, highway 30, Highway 26, and the new Megler um, opening up was, uh, yeah, there was just a, a big crowd that lasted, you know, a day or two. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I said it was just crazy, but the most awesome, you know, experience he had. And we've always drummed that conversation up. Mm -hmm. And um, my so between my mother and father, you know, he had a lot of culinary experiences off the queue and all that mm -hmm. stuff versus my mom. He was just humble hearted and baked at home and uh, made anything out of nothing. And huh. it was like amazing. And so uh, with those techniques and skills, I, I really uh, helped me grow and learn about, you know, foods and health and so forth. As my mom has, you know, worked in the care field and taking care of people since she was 16 as a candy striper and my sisters following in suit with her and then working in the canneries because the money situation 
the cannabis paid better than healthcare back then. Hmm. So whatever I made back then, you got to think if I made a dollar less in healthcare. Sure. Um, so uh, I followed in suit with them. I mean, I worked in the canneries and I worked in healthcare. I worked in healthcare for you know, 10 plus years in, in a classic care district. And uh, then I went into culinary and I then brought that um, hand in hand with the holistic uh, healing uh, approach uh, with culinary and the institutes and so forth in the hospitals and bring in uh, farm to table events and so forth and and also reaching out to the co-op the CMH and building partnerships um, throughout and that's always been about community and so um, I think that's been instilled in me growing up and Knights of Columbus I'm in the Knights of Columbus and active an active member so I really love the volunteer aspect it's something you you can't really uh, imagine doing until you've, you know, you've done it so many times and you get that, you know, appreciation back. And that's what really makes you want to just do it more. And Yeah. I don't know. So did your love for cooking start then when you were at home or was it later? Because you are the home chef as well. And then you have, you work in culinary. Um, so when did that start for you? When did you know that you liked cooking? Really, uh, that I was going in, I was pre-nursing. Uh, so I went, um, it was April 7th, 2003. Um, my wife and I finally just made the decision to go for culinary. We went up to Portland and uh, did a, you know, went through a, a tour of Western culinary at the old um, location, uh, which was split up. And uh, anyway, so from there, I went through three years three programs uh, and completed those and worked in the, um, uh, fine dining to uh, on the Willamette waterways on the Portland Spirit and oh, nice. went to Chelan Hospital, worked there, worked at CMH for quite a while as an executive chef and worked at Tongue Point for a while. But um, everything's been about, you know, again, community, about bringing people together. We've always reached out and uh, um, taking the nutritional road versus just teaching about food and uh, reaching out to the children, the schools, and the parents and uh, bringing the communities together. How long were you at CMH? Over seven years. Okay. That's the, the uh, you're the reason then. I kept hearing the best food you're ever going to have at a hospital. Oh. <laughs> I, I believe we... And you, and you don't think of hospital and good right. food, but the, the samples that I have gotten really were they still so. have really good food too <laughs> it is, it's a really nice cafeteria that's amazing um i was a uh, part of putting the cafeteria when i first came into that um that kitchen yeah i would say um it was almost next to unoperational i was surprised the gals were able to put, feed you know patients so you know uh you know respectfully so yeah. um built them um, when I had put the kitchen together and made sure everything is working and at that point built a team and then, then after that point was working in the um, OSU uh, kitchen for oh, quite yeah. a while doing dinners. Worked at um, the Favela House, did an, an, an event. I think right. Mac yes. and I yeah. met then. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to you know, work in historical you know, yeah, locations. Yeah, we we so auctioned that dinner off, an oh, intimate dinner for eight that. in the Flavel House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let's yeah. bring that back. So, because so, I asked the, the, the lame questions because she's a professional. So, along those same lines as the fish, <laughs> what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh, yes. 
Is that asking like your favorite child? And I yeah. totally like, come on, Mac. Honestly, I think it's just about making, um, I would say, okay, roasting a chicken, oh, okay. doing it properly. And uh, that's not saying anyone does it totally wrong. I just think when you uh, have something that's what we take for granted in most aspects and uh, you have it nice and it's been seasoned and it's been uh, then cooked, braised, and has the appearances and the taste and the juiciness and it's not dry and all that stuff just the overall sense of a you know feedback and all that stuff the accomplishment of uh making something taste so amazing that is i don't know i think it's um that you know otherwise i do enjoy classical asabuco and uh, so many other things that are now you know but that is so good. And we are wrapping it up. Thank you so much for this lovely causerie today, Kurt. I'm going to go have some roast chicken <laughs> and have go. a causerie. Yes. So thank you all for listening. Uh, go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.